January 20th, 2003. Happy Martin Luther King Day. It's the Watt from Pedro Show.
Watt from Pedro Show. That was Ray Barbie with Fully Persuaded. We started the show off with Alabama by John Coltrane. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Watt kind of subdued because the sickness hit me. Uh, Friday night, I played with Kira at that bass bash thing in Orange County, which was, uh, I mean, Kira was great, but I kind of choked. I stood up, you know, I haven't been standing up at recent ghost gigs. I've been sitting down and playing. I want to stand up because it's a packed room and no real stage, so people were sitting maybe a foot in front of us. And I wanted to give her support, but I played that Fender bass, that new Sting I got, and, uh, since, you know, it was given to me and it was across the street from this NAM thing, right? Big convention. I thought, well, I'll do this for friendly people. But the way the neck is set really in the body, so those high frets are hard to get to. So, you know, long story short, I, I, I choked. I was blowing clams. I lost my nerve at the beginning of the set, too, which was, was very strange. I mean, it was an intimidating situation. But, uh, damn, I was, no excuses, it just happens. Anyway, Kira was great, and the people were very nice to us, and there was a lot of, I will say that we stuck out, we were much different than the other cats. One guy was, everybody else was solo. Well, but uh, you wouldn't know it by listening. One guy was triggering stuff with MIDI, he had organs, drums, <laughs> had a whole band going with him. Kicking his knees together. Yeah, sort of like that, but it was an electronic version, so you just hit a pedal or start it up. And stuff like that. These guys, everybody, six strings and all this. So I was very proud of Dose having a unique kind of thing. That's cool. I just wish I would have played better and had my nerve, but one life's made of many gigs. Then Michael Mannering and uh, Steve Lawson invited me to come play up in Hollywood last night with them, but I was just too sick, this thing. Well, Friday after the gig, putting up the stuff, I started getting these sniffles, you know, and sneezing. Richard Bonning was with me and stuff. Came home, I was so weak. There was a wreck on the Vincent Thomas Bridge. We had a bash, bad one. So scary about wrecks on a bridge like that. Yeah. You know? Where do you go? Where do you go? Had a flat one time up there, man. Cars just barreling down the whole. Yeah, place. and that's what happens. This was on the other side where you go downhill, and somebody must have went flying over and bashed this guy who conked out. I mean, it was a bash. Anyway, Saturday, I was all weak and sweaty. So I stayed there. And same thing yesterday. You know? I did do a little pedal in the morning. I was telling Brother Matt here before the show, man. It is very difficult for me to lay around. <laughs> I ain't puking or stuff like that, so it's more like in the a bunch of mocos in the head and uh, teary eyes and weakness, like pain in joints. I was gargling some betadine, lemon juice, and salt water the other day because of the killer sore throat. I just started. Yeah, I'm lucky. I don't have any of that. I got no uh, sore throat or stuff. Anyway, I pedaled, you know, just to get fluids running through me and. I did this morning, too, bundled up big time. All the clear mornings are gone, it looks like. It's yeah, coming in with the big marine layer. Yeah. Nice winter. Yeah, <laughs> bye-bye. 
We've had 70, 80 degree days, you know, but the morning's all blanketed now. We don't have that clearness. Yeah, killer fog morning Sundays. Yeah, today too. I take some so you get the, shots. The, the bucks up for the pelican killers, huh? You believe that? Another three. We've had 14 killed now. One in Long Beach. Most of them here in Pedro. So I'm a little slow and under a little bit today. But Brother Matt called and reminded me to do the show, and it is an important day. It is Martin Luther King Day, which everybody should celebrate in because the man took incredible risks to help us live up to it, the words that in some ways were just propaganda until we put them into practice. And still are, we don't live them. Keeping the dream alive. Keeping it alive. And now I guess there's some village, you know, Bush last week goes and files a quote friend unquote of the court brief against affirmative action right well his um, secretary of state Colin Powell now is saying yeah you gotta have some quotas so maybe there's division there in the whatever executive branch of the garbage collection detail yeah he's probably pushing a lot of people's buttons in the colon <laughs> he's trying to smooth it over. Well, it's figuring on who's doing most of going to be asked to do most of his fight. Uh-huh. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Sure is, doesn't need affirmative action, uh, whatever, quota or something. Uh, KPFK yesterday had an interesting thing on that. In Masters Morning Brief, and the, his cat was telling him, uh, and, uh, these quotas, affirmative action things, were actually started by Nixon. And it was kind of a plot, you know, to turn uh, working class white and black people against each other. You know, they really wanted it in the hiring, like in the auto industry. Mm. And it would uh, dilute the unions and stuff uh, or something. And the tactics. So, you know, you, the Rush Limbaugh ditto had mindset and it would lead you to believe this is all liberal people put these things in and stuff mm. but just to set the record straight it was Nixon folks who put these number quotas yeah, just put a different spin on things yeah and uh, anyway it's all about living up to the word somehow about Tommy Jefferson right all men creating mm. <laughs> sisters too so anyway those words were written many years before Emancipation Proclamation and uh, even many years after that, there were still people alive who had lived under slavery. And so I've got a record here. I've played some of this before. This cat named uh, John Henry Falk, who, by the way, had his own struggle. He's a cat from Texas. After the Army started doing some character profiles for CBS and stuff, and then he got hit with the HUAC. Can you believe we actually had a committee determine what was American and not? Uh-huh. <laughs> but when people are scared, they'll vote for anything, obviously. They'll let anything exist. Anyway, this man was blacklisted. Being a co- military where he's com sim, right? And he just didn't take it laying down like most of the other folks who went and hide. He hid. He actually went out and sued these people. What are they called? Aware? There was people putting out magazines that would identify people. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was called Aware. So he sues these people. I mean, this is uh, in 57. 
And he won three and a half million dollars for damages, which was a lot of money in those days. And uh, yeah, so slavery, especially for you know black brothers and sisters, that was a very on the law, on the books law reality they had to deal with. But you understand that there's slavery of different types too, you know, that aren't so much on the books aren't so much directed against uh, a race of people you know and I have to say I think a lot of slavery maybe uh, voluntarily people because they think it's the right thing to do and so they don't don't want to make trouble right they want to but you know what and people say uh, justify they'll say you know in the short term you know it makes things easier but you know in the long term everyone suffers we got to stand up against this stuff. There was a lot of uh, protests this weekend. It yeah. was in the paper, right? Towns all over. That's okay, too. I wish I could, you know, I fight my own war with the bugs now. But anyway, I'm going to play some of this John Henry Falk where he talks to a lady, Miss Laura Smalley, who was, there was, uh, by the 40s, there was only a few people left that actually lived under slavery that was still alive, and he got a chance to talk to some of them. And uh, here's John Henry Falk with uh, Miss Laura Smalley from Pedro Show. Miss Laura Smalley uh, was a lady I met down in uh, between Hempstead and Navasota, Texas, in the Brazos Bottoms. That's the old plantation area of Texas where a great number of planter families moved with their great numbers of slaves out into this these bottomlands that lent themselves like the Mississippi Delta to great agricultural units and uh, Miss Smalley uh, was raised on such a plantation as that and as it I think would be interesting to know that when I first met her it uh, was a month before we really had any rapport at all because it wasn't the custom then for blacks to reveal to white people the way they really felt about slavery or their current condition. It was to wear a mask. They usually wore a mask and uh, nodded and bobbed their heads and uh, tried to say agreeable things. And here now and 40 years ago as I as this recording was done Miss Smalley was that sort however uh, after about a month of sitting about and visiting her every couple of days and winning her confidence and establishing rapport with her uh, she finally started uh, really what should I say leveling with me about the way she had uh, the experiences she'd really had and so I started her out and that's the way she goes on this this particular recording started her out by telling about the way children were raised on this big plantation. They were herded together in a hut, as she calls it, the slopping, uh, uh, slopping room where they, uh, a slop room where they fed. That is actually the children's kitchen, but uh, and and she describes, as you will hear here, she describes them as trays. Actually, they were wooden troughs where the mush was just poured in there, and each child had a spoon and stood around it and big wooden spoon stood around it and scooped their food out and ate it. Also, of course, was she, and she talks about slopping the children like slopping hogs. Uh, you'll notice, too, that in her interview, she talks about the horn blowing 
and the women coming in from the fields to nurse their babies. Those were the infants. I think the plantation she was on was actually a slave breeding plantation too because they had a great number of children on it and that was one of the marks of a slave breeding plantation where they actually raised them to sell. Well, here's Miss Laura Smalley. Tended the children. Just like, you know, we'd bring a whole lot of children, you know, and put them down, you know, in one house. But well, somebody had to look over them, you know, and tend to them that way. Just a house full of little children. Mm -hmm. And if one act bad, you know, they'd whoop him. They'd whoop him too, the old woman. And if the old woman didn't tend to the children, they'd whoop, they'd whoop her too. Mm -hmm. You know, to make her tend to the children, she wasn't doing nothing. Well, she wasn't a cryptic woman like me, you know. She wasn't no cryptic woman satisfied. She wasn't no cryptic woman like me. And they'd whoop her. And they had trays. I don't know where you see the tray. Wooden trays dug out, you know, all about that, that long. And all of them, you know, would get around that tray with spoons and just eat. I can make like that because I ate out of the tray. Mm. With spoons, you know, and eat something like moisture, soup or something like that. But feed them, you know, before 12 o'clock. And all them children get around there and just eat, 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 eat out of that thing. And that old woman, you know, she would tend to her name Aunt Tishy. Yeah, I know it. Uh, old woman, name Aunt Tishy. And just she, like slopping hog. Or... Just like a tray, you know, just like a tray, you know, you have. It's made just like a hog pit, hog trough, you know. Mm. And, and uh, clothes, you know, they wash them things and scull them out for the children. I didn't see them scold them, but that's what they told me they scold them out, you know, mm -hmm. the children. And uh, them children eat out of that, that that thing, and just with spoon, one, if one reaches spoon over in the other's hand, over in the other's plate, he got hit him. Hit him, you know, knock that, knock that uh, spoon back, you know, on his side, on his side. And that was when we were children, you know. Wasn't able to tend to tend to no other children. I had a brother though; he could tend to children, and uh, you know, just sit him down in a corner and put this child. You know how little children put this child between his leg and then hug his hand around his child. That's where he nursed it. Couldn't stand up with him. Couldn't, you know, just enough to you know shake him this way in the arms. Mm -hmm. I, I can remember that. I had a brother named Wright, and he just shake that child, set him in the floor. And he was too little to pick him up. Yes, yeah, sir. And if that child kicked much, he'd fall, kick him over too, you know, and the old woman come down, spike him, and get the child back in his arm. <laughs> and they had certain times to come to them children. I think about this like a cow, I said, would go to the cave, you know. Uh -huh. You know, they had certain times, you no know, cow come to his cave in, in, at night. Well, they come at 10 o'clock, every day at 10 o'clock to all them babies. Give them what nurse, you know. Mm -hmm. Them what didn't nurse it didn't come to them at all. The old lady fed them. Them wasn't big, wasn't big enough to eat, you know. She, the, the old mother had time to come. When that horn blowed, it blowed the horn for their mothers, you know. They just come just like cows. It's a funny, you know, coming to the children. Yeah, yeah. Out of the field. How long did the they field? nurse the baby? Ma'am. Couple of years? How long would they nurse the baby? So it was big enough to walk, I guess. Yeah, some little nine months or something like that, you know. Uh -huh. They nurse until it get big enough, you know, to eat. Uh -huh. To get eat. And they'd come to, come to, every time, come down and uh, nurse that baby at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock in the day. Once a day? Yes, ma'am. 
10 o'clock in the day and 3 o'clock in the day. They come to that baby and nurse it. Yes, I'm twice a day. Come there and nurse that baby. He couldn't eat, you know. But one could eat, he wouldn't come till dinner time. But one little one, what couldn't eat, they'd come to it. That old woman had a time and that's loving them children. <laughs> yes, and I knew that. And then had a regular nurse, you know. Nurse, you never just see old mister with the baby, never no time. It had a regular nurse. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you'd hire somebody's nurse, but be a grown woman nurse. Tent that baby. And to keep them kids, never did, never did care to old mister that was hungry night or day. No, that was hungry. They carried that too. He tended that baby. That baby slept with the old nurses and all. Mm. Yes, they slept with them. Didn't have nothing to do. Carried the baby and, and uh, sit there until uh, it hit nurse. And then after it nurse, you know, then you carried back, tend to it. You didn't have to. This, she tend to it, you know, and give it to you. You get, give it to her and nurse it, get how cold it is. And you carry that baby back on in that baby, that room where you was. Hmm. And I know well, did the mistress nurse the baby, or did she have yeah. him? Yeah. She, she nursed from the breast. Uh-huh. But see, she she nursed this baby, like that hit to be hungry. Well, then here, nurse would bring it to her and let her nurse it. And then when she nursed, she'd hand it right back, night or day, you know. And tend that baby night and day, hand it back to her. And if that baby's any kind of sick, that nurse had to sit up there at night and tend to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, more than ma'am. Huh? No, no. Well, you see, that's done now, my dear. Uh-huh. That's right. not done now, my dear. Yeah. Well, my niece, uh, granddaughter here, she take care of baby, and his mother hardly ever take it, and his she knew this ain't slave time, <laughs> and she yeah, never do hardly well, ever take it. I know a lot of women do. Yes, don't tend to. No, I don't well, do you ever remember any of the slaves being sold? Do you remember any slave sellers? You know, men that would just buy and sell. No, sir. I never did see it. I never. I children never did know that. You know, we hear talk of it, but then I ring that was after, after slave. I ring. We hear talk of it. I you see them talk about you know putting them on stumps, you know, or something high, you know, and beating them off like they did cattle. Hmm. Beat them off like they did cattle. Well, none of your folks were ever sold then. No, sir. None of them never were sold. You were born right there and never did leave. You were. Born right there and stayed there until I was about nine, ten years old, maybe even more. Stayed mm-hmm. right there. We didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. Mom and them didn't know where to go. You see, after freedom broke, just turned, just like you turned something out, you know. Didn't know where to go. That is where they stayed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where to go. Turned us out just like, you know, you turn out cattle. I <laughs> say. Anywhere to go. You remember when the Civil War was being fought? Well, I, I can't remember much about it, but I remember this much. When uh, Mr. Benton was gone a long time, looked like a long, long time, and I remember all the next morning, it, when he, he got up, now don't, don't knock that back there. Well, uh, he, he, uh, we all got up and all of them went to the house. Went to the house to see old master. And I thought old master was dead, but it wasn't. He had been off to the war and uh, come back. But then I didn't know, you know, into the war. I just didn't know he was gone a long time. All the niggas gathered around to see old master again. You know, and old master didn't tell you, you know, it was free. He didn't tell you that? No, he didn't tell you. They wait till 
I think now they said he waked him six months out of that, six months, and turned him loose on the 19th of June. That's why you know you celebrate that day, Colors Force. Celebrate that day. Miss Adeline, our mistress, you know, and just catch the by wrist this way, you know, both of them pushed down in the rocking chair. And when she, Mr. Bethany come home, she was crying. And Mr. Bethany asked her what was the matter, you know. She told Miss Adeline, Miss uh, Martha Albert hurt her, hurt her wrist. And uh, she asked her then, says, well, what you doing in this house here? Hurting old mister. Says she wasn't hurting old mister. She just, old mister was around hoping she saw her down. But they take that old woman, poor old woman cat in the peach orchard and whipped her. And, you know, just tied her hand this way, you know, around the peach orchard tree. I remember that just as well. Looked like to me, I can't. And round the tree and whipped her. And well, she couldn't do nothing but just kick her feet, you know, just kick her feet. But it, it just had her clothes off down to her waist, you know. Just didn't have a plum naked, but they had a clothes down to her waist. And every now and then they'd whip her, you know, and then snuff the pipe out on her, you know. She snuffed the pipe out on her. You know, the embers in the pipe. I don't know where you ever see the pipe smoking. Blow them out on her? Mm-hmm. Oh, Good Lord, mm-hmm. have mercy. Blow them out on her. Did she scream? Yeah, I reckon she was. I reckon she did. But you see, the we, we was dying to go out there where it was, you know, because uh, our old Marshall would whoop us and then Uncle Saul. Uncle Saul would whoop us. She'd have an overseer, Uncle Saul. Her papa was overseer. But he had a whooper. And whooped her, too. And he showed his whipper. Well, he uh, he uh, whipped her soul then at night. They had to grease her back. Grease her back. I don't know what kind of grease they had, but they showed grease her back. At night, you know, that way. We just grease her back. And uh, so after they whipped her so long, so whipped her then so long that way, they quit. They couldn't give her her dinner. Late that evening, they give her dinner. Late that what she so whooped so bad then, you know, she didn't want to eat, you know. If you put whoop you half a day, you ain't want to eat. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Call a little child, you can whoop a little child now. He'll get mad, you know, and don't want to eat nothing. So they, they, they whooped him. So Uncle Saul, then he was going to whoop my mama. We had a brother, the oldest brother named Cal. And he was going to whoop my, my mother's boy, Pack Water. Well, she was going to fight him. <laughs> she, right? Yes, yeah, she was going to fight him. You see, one portion of the people belonged to Mr. Bethany, and one portion, you know, belonged to belonged to his wife. Wife, you know, just like, you know, you'd have a lot of niggas, you know, and they'd give you a portion of them, and your wife portion of them. Her people give you a pe- pe- heap of them, and then your people give you some. Well, that makes two parts. You got a part, and your wife got a part, mm-hmm. you know, of colored folks out of the way. And... So Miss Adeline wouldn't let my let uh Uncle Saul Hooper. That was her side, you know, that's one of her niggas. She wouldn't let Uncle Saul Hooper that away. Well then they called her a sassy nigger. Sassy called wouldn't let Uncle Saul Hooper about the boy packing water. You know, he packed water, you know. All day and if Uncle Saul if they stayed late, you know, and when they got to the water where Uncle Saul was, the old seal was, he just pitched it out. Just pitched it out. As fast the children could get to him. And he whooped must have let him. Mm. Yeah, he whooped on that still lady. And, uh, and, and, uh, so, Uncle Jesse, you know, he was, stepdad, he wasn't, wasn't, uh, mm-hmm. he wasn't, now, don't get in the way. 
He he wasn't born. He wasn't he wasn't one of Mr. Bethany's niggas. He was a pains. pains. My old stepdad, yes, but he was a pains. Yeah, he was a pains, and uh, he'd do anything. You know, he he would they couldn't whoop him. Mm-mm, couldn't whoop him. And his head his head was red. And he was red. Well, where'd he come from? Well, I think he come from like Louisiana somewhere. Anyhow, he come somewhere. I couldn't exactly tell where he come from. Cause my mama come from Mississippi. And uh, when he 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 back up, you know, I don't know where y'all ever see the corner fence. Yes, yeah, so the one that rail fence. Yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, he back up in that, and they wouldn't they wouldn't whoop him. He'd get him a stick and keep him off. Yes, sir. And uh, he's a great big old man, you know. And they, he wouldn't let him whoop him, you see. And then the monster wouldn't let him hurt him, cause he wouldn't let the the, uh, the you know the uh, overseers know they'd whoop you. The monster make him whoop you for the overseer in the field, and they wouldn't let him whoop him at all. Wouldn't know. And the, the old monster would tell him, rather than to kill him or something like that, don't hurt him. But no, don't kill him, you know. But whoop him. He wouldn't whoop him. I tell you, no, he wouldn't whoop him. <laughs> no, sir, he wouldn't. Well, whoop how him. would they? How would they punish him then? Give me a corn. <laughs> give me a corn. Just like you know, you uh, you, you give me a year corn, and uh, that'll be for my my dinner or my breakfast. When you come home to dinner, he said to give me a year corn. Say he shared it often, plow along and eat it. Just plow along and eat it. Night comes, they give me a year corn, and uh, that's the way they said him, you know, punishing him, you know, mm-hmm. wouldn't give him nothing to eat. And say, look like he's moving along too slow, too fast with that, you know, too good. <laughs> too good with that, you know, just getting him corn. And he's eating it, you know, and drinking water and going just the same. That's so they wouldn't give him none. Give him none. Mm. Wouldn't give him nothing, you know, but let him drink water, you know. And uh, he lived just the same. And he, and he lived with Mama 30, 32 years before he died. Before he died, and he, and he never did have a scar on the, uh, the old boss put on him. Wonder what they paid for this, this so your stepdaddy. How come? The uh, pain, as you know, the, 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 he was a pain. Just a prey brimble, what you call it. But you see, I don't know what they paid for him. They bought him, you know. And I guess he was worth so much they didn't want to hurt him. Didn't want to hurt him. And uh. You see, he had belonged to two, two, two sets of folks, two sets of people, you know. You see, he 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 was belonged to the pains. Then he belonged to, to some people, you know, Brimble. They all stayed, but they, you see, he wouldn't wouldn't do right, and they'd sell him. Just sell him, you know. Just like you know, I was your nigga, you know. I wouldn't act right. You'd sell me somebody else. It wouldn't act right, rather than be fighting with nothing with good hand. You sell him somebody else. That's where that was. Get over here, baby. I see. That's what they done. Well, what about getting married? How did they go about marrying this lady? Well, they told me to jump over broom backward. <laughs> I don't know. They told me to jump over the broom backward. I don't know. Well, did they have church? Did the slaves no, have church? No, I, I never remember no church. Mama said the only church, I didn't remember that part of all the church that would have been a tub, tub of water sitting just like this thing is, you know, that would catch your voice. And they would they would have chase around that tube. All of them get around the tube, get around the tube. Oh, Moss didn't want them having church. They don't have no church. No, they never have no church. And uh, the old master come along with one of them. One of them was uh, was there, having church around the tube. And he's down praying. 
And said he was down there praying, just a praying. Old master come in, he just a praying. He come in, he did, and told him, get up from there. He didn't get up, he just a praying. He said, old master come in, so whoop me. He quit praying and then asked the Lord, have mercy on old master. Lord, have mercy on old master. Lord, have mercy on old master. He said, old master, whoop me with a bull whoop. Hmm. His husband, have mercy on old master. And said, old master, Whipped him and he kept it, wouldn't get up, you know, just flinch, you know, just like a person, you know, when a person hits you, you know, it's flinch. He just prayed for old master. So old master stepped back and said, I'm great mind to kick you naked. I'm great mind to kick you naked. And he could never stop praying, you know, he had, he had to go on leaving praying. Mm. He'd go on leaving praying. Because <laughs> he wouldn't stop. Well, that was through the Lord, you know, that caused that. Yes, so the Lord, Lord works a lot of things. Yes, of course, the Lord was uh, suffered him to stay down there and get that whooping and pray. You know, just keep her praying. And I think I jumped up. I don't know. Seemed like me, I jumped up. Cause they hooking me that way. I jumped up. But I, I, I don't know about the church when it first started up no more than you know. Uh, when I was a child, you know, they didn't have no church, you know, in no house, you know, they had in the trees, under the trees, under the trees. Yes, ma'am, under the trees. Brush arbors. Yes, sir. Some that didn't have no brush off, but they just had it on the tree. You see, just had it on the tree. And I don't know, you know, the cause of the churches and when they started. But I know when Mom and them used to go to church with all the trees, you know, under under the trees. Didn't, didn't didn't have no church houses much then. Just like you know, you get a big old tree and clean all out from under it and make a. Dry stuff down, you know, and make benches on it, you know, that would have church. And well, what kind of songs did they sing? Do you remember the names of any of the songs? No, I can't. I can't remember. I can, you know, I can't read. I never remember the song. But they didn't sing songs like the song now, you know. They sing them old songs, you know, about Maze and Grace, how sweet it sounds, you know, all like that. But, you know, I can't recollect all of them. I can't recollect them since I've been grown. Well, I declare. <laughs> no, sir. And recollect them. That's what Moses sung, Amazing Grace, how sweet it sounds, and all like that. And uh, I don't know hardly all them old songs. Sometimes I can bring all them old songs up, and then again I can't. Well, can't you ever hear it. one called, uh, Couldn't Hear Nobody Pray? Yes, I've heard that. Was yeah. that one they sang way back then? No, there? they didn't sing it way back in the time. Now, they sung an old song about the, the thunderbolts rattling, poor sinners stand so idolson. Lord, I got a union in my soul. How does that go? Let me see. <laughs> I sing a little of it. Seems like I've heard. Thunderbolts rattling, poor sinners stand so high sun. Lord, I got a union in my soul. I ain't got long to stay. I've heard it. <laughs> Can you sing the rest of that? That's a good yeah. one. That's a sure fine. Lord, I ain't got long to stay. Lord, I ain't got long to stay in the world. Ain't got long to stay. God's calling me and I ain't got long to stay. Lord, I ain't got long to stay in the world. I ain't got long to stay. Goodbye and I ain't got long to stay. Lord, I ain't got long to stay in the world. I ain't got long to stay. God's calling me and I ain't got long to stay. 
Lord, I ain't got long stay in the world. I ain't got long stay. Fare you well, I ain't got long stay. Lord, I ain't got long stay in the world. I ain't got long. I ain't got much of a voice for well, singing. You, oh, you got a good voice. I ain't got no voice for singing. Do you remember a song called Go Down Moses? Go Down Moses. Tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. I never didn't know that. Go Down Moses. Did you ever hear that when they called Swing Low Sweet Chat? Did you ever hear the folks sing that? Yes, I hear the folks sing that, but I never didn't know it. My Swing Low Sweet Chat did. Don't go carry me home. I never could learn that. I, I know, know, uh, one, 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 one song. I, all my memories now, my dear. I don't know now what that song is, but I know it though. How does it go? I'm trying to think of it now. It goes by about, uh, I'm praying, praying to the Lord. Save my soul, but I, I can can't get it together. You know, I can, if I can't get it together, you know, I don't want to say sing it. They can't get mm -hmm. it together. Well, sometimes you know that way I get them wrong, and they be sung wrong. That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Wrong. Uh, what about one of these songs? Uh, Sinner, don't let this harvest pass. Did you ever hear that one? No, sir. I never knew that. Let this harvest pass. What's that other one about? Get on board, little son. Oh, yes. The old ship of Zion. Do you remember that one? I, I remember it, but I don't know it all. I Get on board. Get on board. I don't know all the hit. I just know a little of it. Get on board, little children, get on board. We don't sing it, no, that way. How do you oh, sing it? Shippers, I am, get on board. I don't know much of that. Mm -hmm. I have got my mother gone on the shippers, I am, get on board, little children. I can't get that together. Mm -hmm. I don't know many songs. These are late notes, a late song. No, 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 Has no, church no. services changed much from the way they used to yes, be? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How true. and how, how have they changed? Mm-hmm. I say how. How have they? The, the, in what way? The people have changed up from singing, you know, and prayed up from the religion and everything, you know, that Is way. Is that right? Yes, they done trained up from the religion and everything that way. I'm trying to get the old song, song like, that I can't get, get it straight. Yeah, well, you you don't you know just about being saved all day. No, I never heard that, and I'd like to hear it. How does it go? <laughs> I've been saved all day. No evil have I done. Been saved all day. No evil have I done. Been saved all day. No evil have I done, sanctified and holy, no evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done.
There's a love in my body, no evil have I done. Sanctified and holy, no evil have I done. Have lied on nobody, no evil have I done. Have lied on nobody, no evil have I done. Have lied on nobody, no evil have I done. Sanctified and holy, no evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done. Yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done, good Lord. Yes, I love everybody, no evil have I done. Sanctified and holy, no evil have I done. That's a good one. That's Where'd you hear that one? one? Oh, we learned, they've had some of that in our church, you know, up here. Uh-huh. We sung that sometime in our now, church. Can you remember any that the slave song? Could you, could you, or did they ever sing any songs? No. Uh, I, you know, I never said any slavery. But I hear them sing some after freedom, I know. Some. But I, you know, them's way back songs. I can't hardly sing none of them. And one of them, I can't remember. My old stepdaddy used to sing it by the thunderbolt rattling poor sinner Stan to Allison. Lord, I got a union in my soul. And I ain't got a long stay. Did I, didn't I tell you that, do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a nice one. Stepdaddy. Yes, sir. That old red man. He sung that all the time. Well, what were the preachers like in those days? I don't know, sir. I never remember no preachers in slavery time. I never remember. Of course, you know, I wasn't very so old. But you know, I couldn't remember some things. I wouldn't say so old, uh-huh. but I couldn't remember some things. But I never remember no preacher. They didn't allow them to have preachers, did they? I never remember none. Mm-hmm. I never remember none. Just sing and pray, huh? That's all I would hear them sing. Then you know, at night come, I'd go sleep then pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of that sing, these song would say, you know, after, after, you know, a good big girl, you know. We scored church. The arbors, you know. But they never did. I never knew well, they had preachers under the arbors, didn't they? I know one of them. His name, name Uncle Mark. I never will forget him. Was he good? Oh, yes, the old man. Name Uncle Mark. He'd preach. Yes, sir. Name Uncle Was Uncle he Mark. a good preacher? Yes, sir. He's a good preacher. Name Uncle Mark. Preach like they do now? Ma'am. Did he preach like they do now? They, they, better, they preach better than I reckon. Oh, you see, they was, uh, then, now they preach by scripts most of the time. But then, you know, they just pe- preach by the Spirit, you know, just mm-hmm. the Spirit, Spirit led them, you know. And if they could preach good without a Bible, because, you see, they had religion, you know, and, uh, That's right. and, and you know, the Lord would teach them, you know, mm-hmm. teach them what to say and how to say, you know, that's where it was then. But now, you know, it preaches by scripts.
Mark from Pedro Show coming at you. Whoa. There's nothing there. Whoa, nearly. One, two. One. Whoa. Hello. Okay. Had a problem there. Cord. Maybe a bad cord. Ugh. Anyway, uh, what from Pedro Show? Coming the end of first hour, January 20, 2003. Happy MLK Day. Uh, that was TVBC, Minneapolis band with Mahler. Before that was Fishbone doing Black Flowers. And uh, that big spiel before that was John Henry Falk talking to Miss Laura Smalley, one of the last uh, people we, who had to live under slavery, obviously as a little girl, because that was recorded in the 40s, who got to talk about it. We got actual voice, somebody who had to live under that horrible system, so... Hope if you found it inspiring, we're going to play some more of uh, her later. But uh, hold tight for hour two. January 20, 2003. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Was the Five Chin Four Hundred band out of Albany with uh, "Hey God, Stop Pushing, Stop Pushing Me"? I don't know, Brother Matt. Where's the list there? 
Brother Matt's getting ready for a spin cycle, so stuff had to move. Yeah, it was called Hey God, Stop Pushing from their 7-inch. That was pretty wild, huh? And we started off the second hour here with uh, Way Beyond Land and a tune called Daddy Soldier. (laughs) And uh, with that, and no further ado, Brother Matt and Spin Cycle. Revolucionario de los trabajadores centroamericanos. Cuéntele al Father Giorgio Marcato teaches. In Wiesen, de Japón, es
What from Pedro show? That's Carlos Guitarlos on his uh, forthcoming record called Straight from the Heart. And that's a song he did with John Doe there called Two Tavern Town. Before that, we had a very skippy version of my old single <laughs> of. Uh, the Clash doing City of the Dead. And uh, trying to get some of that X ray specs vibe with some saxophone. Huh? <laughs> uh, great to hear Carlos. He almost died of congestive heart failure, you know. So, yeah, me and Pete Mazich went and recorded up with him a couple songs. The record will come out soon. His cousin, uh, Asked me to do this. Asked yeah, me to write something, too. Thing. i got to write up a little spiel for him. He goes to me, you know, no one would want to hear what I write, but if you wrote it, what? <laughs> yeah, Dave was cool. He's working hard. Oh, shit. The EQs are all funky. <laughs> there we go. Not too bad, because I didn't use that channel yet. But I will on this one. Good thing I spotted that. Here's uh, Chaz. Chaz is this cat who was playing uh, synthesizer in theremin for uh, John Petkovich's uh, Cobra Verde. I brought him on tour. He hasn't been on the last couple, though, because he's a teacher. Yeah. Right? Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland State, I think. Got a sweet gig. University there. Yeah, he teaches the kids uh, music, rock history, and roll. History, yeah. history of rock and roll. Here's his band called uh, Einstein's Secret Orchestra here on the Watt from Pedro show.
Pedro show. That was uh, what? Watt from Pedro Show. Sorry about that. You got a problem with this cord here. Anyway, that was Kabuki 5000 with the Mailman. Mailman, or Mr. Mailman. It's called Mr. Mailman. Good deal. As mail. No, but it ain't M A I L, brother Matt. It's M A L E. That's different. Yeah. What knocks but don't come in. Here's the old George Hurley joke. What knocks but don't come in. It ain't the mail, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Terrible. Before that, we heard Chaz's band, uh, Einstein's Secret Orchestra, with Life at the Rocket Factory. Cool. Life in the Rocket Factory. I'm sorry. Coming on the end of the second hour here. The January 20, 2003 edition of Watt for Pedro show with Watt kind of subdued with sickness on slot, but fighting back by trying to stay calm and just plow through. Stay calm. <laughs> Great uh, essential assistance by Brother Matt helped me cool. persevere through this travail. Battling on. Battling on. Brother Matt's got a new couch and a pad in Love yeah, Grotto here. Styling, huh? Yeah. Up there in the throne mode. No elevated. throne mode, elevated yeah, bleacher box, sucker. peanut gallery thing. Yeah, a lot the, of cushion right yeah, here. I think cushy. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> and you're getting this uh, donate from your ma going for new yeah, dark side new, PC. Uh, PC flip flop. Brother Matt's got both worlds, Mac and the dark side, so. Shifting gears. Shifting it up. So, that's the deal. We do this show, though, on the Mac. Yeah, all Mac action. All Mac. Mac daddy. <laughs> so hold tight. Coming up with our three. Pert near soon. Wow. January 20, 2003. Third hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Happy MLK Day. Here's part 20 of the fourth tower of Inverness. As we look in upon the great old Victorian mansion, we see Jack Flanders and the lovely Madonna Vampira slowly strolling through the gardens of Inverness. Don't you ever wish that you weren't a vampire? Oh, Jack, you really are a moralist, aren't you? Well? Being a vampire is far more exciting than being an average, bored, trapped housewife. Yeah, well, that is an extreme. Is it? I mean, there's other things you could have been. Do you want to make a good woman out of me? Oh, Lord. Hmm? Well, just, oh, Lord. You silly dreamer. I suppose I am. What do you dream about? An ideal, which I know I would destroy if I ever attained it. Doesn't that bother you? It's very honest, Jack. We all destroy our ideals. Oh, I don't know about that. What if one's ideal is to become God? Then you'd destroy that person who wants to become God. You'd no longer be Jack. Oh, let's change the subject. Do you know how vampires originally came about? Oh, sure. Count Dracula. Mm, <laughs> long before that. There was a cult of people who would steal bodies right after they died and suck their blood for the prana. They never killed people. 
But the peasants, hearing about such things, thought they did it for the blood, so the myth of vampires came about. We energy vampires have come a long way since then. Well, it's nice to know your roots. <laughs> Jack, you dreamer. Yep. I suppose you hear that. Hear what? That music you keep chasing. The 50s stuff? No, I don't hear Listen. any. Hey, that's it. Coming from the fourth tower, all right. I'm going to get to that music before it stops. Better hurry. It's a short single. You have two minutes and 21 seconds. I'm off. Good luck. You're going to need it. Oh, Jack, I don't know what to do. I can't let it go. And so once again, Jack Flanders takes to the hollow walls within the old mansion. He races through narrow passages, around hairpin turns, all the time, the clock ticking against him. For he must reach the music before it stops. Onward he dashes, ducking, twisting, digging. Finally, he reaches the mirrored door at the base of the fourth tower. He opens it swiftly, takes several giant steps, and plunges headlong through the oval mirror. The last thin membrane that separates Jack from the tower's interior. Good, good. The ladder is still there forming a bridge across that chasm of empty space. One minute and seven seconds left. Jack scampers across the ladder, up on his feet and up the steps, past rows of glowing torches. Torches that look as though they've hung there burning for eternities. Jack arrives at the heavy oak door. Forty-one seconds. Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not coming from that door. The music is higher up in the tower. Upward he climbs, the music drawing nearer with every step. Eighteen seconds. I'll do it. I'll get to that music if it takes my last gasp of breath. Ah, a door. Nine seconds. Jack hesitates a moment before the door, cocks his head, and listens. It's coming from in here, all right. In I go. What the... A river. It's pretty big, too. And clear. And deep. Well, this is a fine pickle. Hey, there's... There's a a sign over there. I I wonder what it says. He who tastes not, knows not. What does that mean? I, I guess I'll have a drink. The water looks tasty and I'm as dry as a dog. Mm, the water's so clear. Jack stoops down and drinks of the river. As he drinks, he hears the sound of something approaching through the water. He looks up. And there, skimming across the water, coming in his direction, is a raft, pulled by an old ferryman. Jack stands up as the raft glides to the steps that lead down from the open doorway. Uh, Excuse me, uh, what's the name of this land I've come upon? The ferryman is silent, but Jack can see a tiny smile on his lips and the wrinkles about the corners of his eyes gather together in silent laughter. The ferryman motions for Jack to climb aboard. I guess it's safe. He seems to have pretty good vibes. And across the waters, the ferryman guides his raft. We're moving downstream. But apparently we're making our way toward the other side. Strange country mountains in the distance, and I can see painted temples off in the foothills. I can hear music, but I see no one. 
The trees are tall, like poplars, but... No, they're, they're more like the trees on the islands of Greece. Somehow the trees seem almost human. They don't look so passive as, as trees normally do. The whole land is so alive. So I can feel it breathing. They continue downstream. The ferryman gently edging the raft closer and closer to the opposite bank. The vegetation along the riverbank appears to become thicker as they move downstream. Finally, the ferryman heads his raft directly into a tall row of reeds. They part before the blunt bow. And with a final heave, the ferryman pushes through and there they are, in a narrow channel. There's vines crisscrossing overhead with enormous tubular flowers hanging down, swaying in the soft breeze. These giant jungle flowers have great petals that gently brush Jack's face as they pass beneath. The scents radiating from the petals are thick, lush, exotic, stirring feelings that easily cloud his alertness. He finds himself relaxing, slowly turning himself over to a beauty that overpowers his every sense. Finally, the channel opens, and, and there is a lake. Or is it merely a pool? So intoxicated by his senses, Jack no longer knows or cares to know. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. The old ferryman stops pulling his raft. They float there in silence. Jack begins to revive from his dreamy state, for there's something in the air. Anticipation, yes. But they're waiting for someone. And still, nothing happens. They drift closer and closer to the grassy bank. The old ferryman perfectly still, waiting. And then it happens. Faint at first, but unmistakable. That familiar song. Music from an era long past. Jack is now fully awake. Every muscle is tensed, every sense is alert, ready for action. Yet his mind is calm, almost relaxed, as it awaits to process the data his senses are about to feed into the mind. But what happens next? Not even the most alert among us could have anticipated. For Jack looked down at the clear, calm water. For just a moment, he saw a reflection of a person he'd never seen before and yet was so truly himself, it was as though he'd seen his very soul. For in that moment, his heart had been open, and the next moment it was gone. As his mind tried desperately to bring back the image, he felt his eyes being drawn up away from the reflection. For when he looked up, he saw a woman in a boat of sandal with silver oars floating on a pool of white lotuses. In the bow of the craft stood a beautiful old jukebox, silent, but its colors issued forth rays that touched all within its reach. Jack remembered his dream, where an ascetic seated alone in a cave emanated such striking pure colors that he touched the whole universe. For here the changing reds, 
and yellows and greens and blues and purples that radiated from the beautiful Wurlitzer not only reflected across the gentle, rippling waters of the pool, but also extended to the clouds high above that drifted lazily in the warm summer breeze. For the ever-changing colors extended out like, like a brilliant rainbow aura that touched the clouds and caressed their soft underbellies. As Jack stands there spellbound, he can feel the whole landscape breathing with the rhythms of these ever-changing colors. And the woman in the boat, resting her chin on one hand, and with the other dropping one by one into the water the petals of a lotus red as blood. And her lips move, for she is counting the petals as they fall. She looks upon the lotuses that float in the pool, and her glance falls upon those snowy flowers and turns their tint to blue. She stands before him like the new moon at the close of a day, a pure form of exquisite beauty, a crystal without a flaw, tinged with the color of heaven. And her eyes are fringed with long black lashes, looking like rain clouds hanging low to hide the rising moon, undulating as she moves, like a swan, and sways like a flower waving in the wind, for her waist could be grasped by the fist, and her bosom is glorious like the swell of an ocean wave, while the flashing jewels in which she is covered all over change color, as if with envy at being outshone by the play of her eyes. Jack stands still, holding his breath, gazing at her, fearing to move, for he thinks it is a dream. And for the first time, she looks at him and smiles, bathing him with the color of her eyes. And it seems to him he stands in a pool of color formed by the essence of all blue lotuses in the world. He stands there, intoxicated by those two great eyes. He plunges into their sea and is drowned in it, and the whole world seems to him to be made of lotus blue.
escape Which route is the correct one? Which one is up and down? Here's something for you to hear Here's something for you to fear
Okay, a lot from Pedro show. That was um, kind of a sloppy version there of uh, the Red and the Black, live in Albany, 2001, uh, October 14. Ed from Ohio joining uh, myself, Tom Watson, Jerry Chubtich, Mike Watt and the putt player, Mike Watt and the John and Terry show. What was not pair of pliers? Sorry. Uh, before that, we had a band from uh, Canada called Ditch doing Steamboat. Uh, BMQ before that with uh, I didn't know the name of the song because they don't list the things on the CD. <laughs> Scott Boxendale, though, cat in Denver who sold uh, Tom Watson a Telecaster. On a trade-in deal. Pretty nice one. And we started the third hour off with uh, part 20 of the fourth tower Inver Inverness. Almost about two-thirds of the way through Jack's adventures there. Multidimensional. Yes. Multi. Searching for that jukebox. Okay, here's more Miss uh, Laura Smalley. One of the last people to live through slavery and be able to talk about it with uh, John Henry Falk here. Watt from Pedro Show. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That I ever seen was over, it was here, and they wasn't why. I used to hear Mama talk about them when she, when she was a child. She said that uh, one morning she went out to the old mister, she was big enough to know the hand water. And said when she got to the door, the opened the door, that the stars was falling. Now when the stars was falling that morning, and said she didn't know, and said old mistress looked out and says, uh, don't you go out there. She says, uh, stars. She said she just went like meat frying, you know, so the whole earth was just, just, uh, lit up, you know. Said they just going like meat frying. Just four day. And said that, uh, when she went to go to the, to the spring, and the stars fell, so when it quit falls to daylight, 
and say she met some Indians down there, you know, they packed water from a spring, she said, and say she met some wild Indians, and they had, old Mrs. Cook had given her a piece of bread, and they give her, the, they give them the beads, you know, give them, give us, give us some beads, some beads, you know, and took the bread, and oh. then, yeah, so took the bread from them, and said every time she'd go and step in front, or go walk, they'd step in front of her. Every time they she go to walk, they step in front of her. And oh. said, finally, at last, they had to bread up and raise the hand back, you know, the, and took the, took the beads away from her. And, and that said they was wild, take it away from her. And said oh. she went back to the house crying, went back to the house crying, said, uh, she told she met some people and took her bread and gave her some beads oh. and then took the beads away from her. And that's only ever I hear talk of wild Indian, e Indians in, in my life. Mm. I never hear talk of no Indian. Ain't never seen none until uh, in, until I don't wear them as Indian. What? That all them feathers in the hat, uh -huh, in, the, in, in the head. Uh -huh. I've seen some of them. Those are Indians. When when I was a child, I don't know whether them was an Indian or not. Then you see, when I was a child, they'd go in in droves. That's in droves. And uh, come in the house, you know, and take what they wanted, some deep like that. You never take nothing but some teeth like that. And then get out, you know, and make fun of them, grin, you know, and laugh, you know. No, is that right? Yes, a laugh. Take it. All folks are there, they go and take it. If they're off their hand, you know, for it, and made the motion, you just well go get to them or let them go. They go out in there and get that stuff. Mama had an old chicken once, great big old chicken, and they didn't have them but pots did. Didn't have, didn't have no stove. Just had pots as I recollected. Had pots, mm -hmm. and taking, had that chicken in the in that pot. And I don't know what that man said to him. Said to you know, to the other outdoors. He said some kind of language we didn't hear. Yeah, he come in with a bucket. And just take that pot and put all that, that stuff in that pot with them feathers in his head, in his uh, hat, you know. Mm -hmm. Put put all that in, that vittles in that pot. And those little children stand around there hungry. And they had long, high feathers in their head. And they had, and them babies tied on their back. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. They tied on their the back. Do. Yes, I didn't know what they was. What did they make their bedding out of in those days, the folks? What did the neat, uh, colored folks use for bedding? They have quilts like they have now. I mean, what did they make mattresses out of? How would they make these feather beds? You know, they get that old chicken, you know, and things like that. And that's what they get them off. And the gooses, you know, that some of them are wise enough to have goose feathers. But when I when I was coming up, tell the truth about it, and I was coming up, we'd go out and cut our grass cut it, you know, just take a hole and cut it, and let take it off and pile it off and let it dry, and put that in the mattress. And sleep on that? Yes, sir. Did it sleep pretty good? Yes, sir, it slept pretty good. And it wouldn't ground up neither. You know, we cut it, and it stayed. Mm -hmm. But if you wait till the frost fell on, it'll ground up fine. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. We're chilling now. We, Mom would have us two, uh, them old big old hay mattress <laughs> on the bed, and we thought we were something. <laughs> What about uh, Johnny? That uh, business of, of uh, taking, having some of the Negroes good hands, you know, and 
good women, good men going off and breeding them like cattle. Do you remember anything about that? No, I didn't know. And she was, they wouldn't let children know that, you know. But I heard it after, after mm -hmm. that they'd do that. But Stephen was coming up and wouldn't let us know anything about something like that. But they say that was show so. You know, just like a big, fine-looking woman, a big, fine-looking man, you know. Old boss wants, you know, children from him, you know. They just fasten them up in the house or somewhere, you know, going off and leave them in there. You want to breed them like those hogs or horses or something like that, I see. That sounds like it. Yes, sir. And they said that's what they used to do in slavery time. Did they whip the slaves much? Do you remember how whether they whipped them? The, the biggest whooping ever I know to give to Martha Albert. The biggest whooping that ever I know. Mr. Benton, they didn't whoop his niggas much. They had to do something mighty, mighty, you know, bad for him to whoop them. Yes, well, Benton. did the slaves ever try to slip away? They ever try to run off? No, not no, not not no, on the place where we was. I never hear them say they run off over there, run off. Other places I hear them stay in the woods, and uh, so long until they wear the clothes off them, slip up. Now I heard Mama say when she was a girl, when she was good, no, she 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 brought Mississippi when she was a girl. That that one old woman run off. She did run off. They beat her so she run off. And every night she slip home and somebody have her something to eat, something to eat. And she get that vittles and going back in the woods, going back, stay in the woods. And they, you know, just uh, they tell the other, you know, could you see, I don't know what their name, see so-and-so, ever see them, say no. Well, you tell them if they come home, we ain't gonna whoop them. We ain't gonna whoop them if they come home. Well, I'd be all the way, you know, they'd come. Said once the man stayed in the woods so long, Tell you his hair on him long like a dog. Mm. Or just grow up, you know, and stay in the woods. Just stayed in the woods. Mm. And they couldn't get him out. Well, did any of them run off and get plum free? Were they? Did you ever hear of I your hear talk, talk about them? I hear them talk about them going off, you know, going off to places where they're free. Well, here, here, well, I hear her say, I didn't know that. She said, just like she be some white people, you know. Would some nigga come along, you know, and he just get him off, you know, take him, carry him off where he wouldn't be no, tell him wouldn't be no slave or wouldn't be beat up, you know, and carry him off that way. Mm -hmm. Still, two, three, they'd say the white folk could catch them three or four, you know, colored people off that way. Or pick up children, say, used to go in the wagons, you know, go around wagging with the covers on them. I, I've seen covers since I've been beaten up with wagons with covers on them, and just take them and go on. When I was a child, I see a little boy, a man jumped out of the old covered wagon and caught the child, and caught him, and got for his bell with the child. Well, I reckon that was out of slave, I don't know. Out of slave, but they caught him, caught the child. And I had a grandchild that they taken off. Is that right? Who they, took him off? Well, the show people, I didn't took him off. I don't know. They took him off. They sealed it. What do you know? Yes, they took that child off. Mom didn't have but that one. <laughs> and they took it off. Right, Claire. Come on, boy. Took it off. But they got it. That's a length of time. Well, can you remember how the... What, what happened when they set you free? Do you remember what the... 
Can you you remember how the old master acted when they? No, sir. I can't remember that. You know, can't remember that. But I, I remember, you know, the time they give them a big dinner. You know, on the nineteenth. Is that right? On on the 19th, you know, that's called, they said, have to give them a big dinner on the 19th. But now we didn't know. I don't hide the other side of the folks, you know, freedom. We didn't know. They just thought, you know, we're just feeding us, you know. Just had a long table. And just had uh, just a little everything you want to eat, you know, and drink, you know. And, that, and they said that was on the 19th. And everything we want to eat and drink. Well, see, I didn't know what that was for. I just, you know, just wasn't wise like children is now. You know, anything go up now, a child six, seven years old can tell you. That's right. Yes, sir. it wasn't wise. Yeah. That's the way they done us. Give us a big dinner, Mr. Bethany and them. Mr. Bethany got Miss Mill. Is Mr. Bethany's granddaughter stay right across town, and uh, she got a daughter stay out here in the country. Our young Mister. Hmm. Uh -huh. And carry that dog out there. Yeah, that's yeah, carry that dog out there, and uh, they couldn't do the dog no no good, you know. And I was there washing. I washed for him. Sure was he was. They were sure was rich folks. And I washed for him. And one morning I went back to Iron. I'd all this Iron from went back to Iron. And uh, she was crying. And uh, I said, Miss Harris, I said, what's the matter with you? May I ask you, please, ma'am? She said, yeah. She said, my dog did. I said, oh, sure. <laughs> Cried over the dog, you know. And I thought of something else. She said, my dog did. <laughs> and she said, well, I'm going out there to get her. Get me going out there to get her today and get somebody to bear her. Says, uh, we got to have a nice box for that dog. Hmm. And just cried. And when she, they had to bear her. Then when she come back home, I got her out there and had to bear her. I said, Miss Harris, I said, you didn't bring her home to bear. She says, no, I didn't want to bring her home to bear. She said, it hadn't been so far, I'd have carried my dog home, back home and buried. I said, well, Lord, how much, Miss Harris? I would not say it that way. And she just cried over that dog. <laughs> yeah, they have a, uh, have a, almost like a, a yeah, real hospital. You know, they have little boxes and all with screens in front of them. You put the dogs in, they feed yes, them and all that, and wash them out. Yeah, fine, fine. I, I would love to. Have you ever been down in the Brazos Bottoms, any? Me? Uh -huh. Yes, I've stayed down in the Brazos Bottoms. These, I didn't say stay right down in it, but didn't see I wake down there. Mm -hmm. I wake down there, I cropped in there. And when I moved over here, I just moved out of the bottom. Waking on, right on the banks of the river. Hmm. They should uh, make some crops down there. Yes, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, go close to the river. On the county, you know, afraid the horse to get scared, look down in the river and run off with me. And I used to plow. Yeah, you went down in that bed bottom. On whose place were you working in pain? No, I'd been working on pains, but I waked in on on uh, the book place. They call it book place. Uh, often, you know, uh, often children. I called it had really to often children. Then to call the book place at Willie to the Austin Children's Schools, you know. And that's where I waited at about four or five years down there on that book place. Well, they, they claim in some parts of the bottoms they won't let the folks leave the place they're living on, colored folks. You know, just make them stay there and work year after year. Well, that's debt. Yes, well, well, that must be some 
way down the bottom somewhere. But uh, down there on the uh, book place, they, some place it was, they let you go just as far in debt as you want to go, you know. And then see if you, they know your crop wasn't going to clear it, you know. And they, they, so next year you had to stay to wake out your debt. Mm-hmm. If it didn't, you know, take all your horses, cows, and everything away from you. Leave you with nothing. You leave with nothing. You see, that's why they, they keep them there, you know, that way. Just mm-hmm. so they, you know, they could get everything they had if they didn't wait. And good way, because some of them you just take and give everything you had up. And going off. Give everything up. They see it is going. Sure enough, they beg you to stay, you know, another year. Get anything you wanted, any kind of money. But now you're going to stay there next year because your crop ain't going to clash, you know. It's going to clash. You let you stay. And feed you to the highs. And I had children like this girl here. She any kind of dress she wanted. They let you take it up. But now when the crop comes, they take every bit of that crop. You wouldn't have nothing to live on, live on, you know, next year till next year come. Well, that open account right there for Christmas, you know, get this what you wanted. That's what they do in places over there. But there were sure fine white folks over there before you could wake up. I just had, I had one round over there, and that was, was about some Johnson Grace. What was that? Jo- jo- uh, you know, the Johnson Grace after a flood, you know, just seeds washed all over the field. Well, next year, they'd come up just think of that. That white man wouldn't want you to pull it up, to cut it up. He wanted you to go over the field and pull it up. It's all over the field, pull it up every spread, you know, it comes up, you know, like shallow. And uh, pull it up. And I wouldn't pull it up. I'd go across the field and dig it up like. And he wanted me to pull the root and all up, you know. No, I was too old for that. I couldn't do it. What did he say? Well, if you can't, you can't pull this up, when you get this crop off, you leave. Leave my place. I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> well, everybody got the crop, you know, made a good crop that year.
Whoops.
from Pedro show there's a couple of Montreal bands in fact that last band there Crackpot uh, had the drummer Will and guitar player Chris who played with me at that book launch in Montreal a couple weeks ago a week week and a few days ago nice nice cats that was Crackpot, and I thought, 
with I Don't Know Jack About Dick, and before that, Mold with Freedom's Eyes. Before that, we had drums and tuba. It was like a pre preview CD of their album, uh, Ape. Something Ape. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but it, none of the songs were written down on it. And uh, it was left at the club. They played the grog shop the night before I did, and the cat left it there. What's his name? Uh, Tony. It was called Mostly Ape. That's the name of their album. And it was the second tune, whatever that's called. And um, great band. For that, Squiddy Politty with Opec and Mac. I had screwed up. I played the wrong song at first. But just a couple seconds. So, you know. Uh, coming at the end, Brother Mac gave me the signal. <laughs> I wanted to say Lo Siento. I'm sorry for screwing up. Marsha Ball before uh, Scritty with uh, Two Bit Texas Town. And we started off with uh, some uh, memories and reminiscing by Miss uh, Laura Smalley to John Henry Falk. Voices of Ex Slaves. Good stuff to listen to on. Uh, well, every day, really, but especially today, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Uh, that's about it for this show. We're all finished. Uh, be back next time with another installment of Watt from Pedro Show. Uh, Petra is getting married to, uh, she's mixing that Who Sell Out oh, cool. thing she did a cappella, so I want to play that in full for you. Especially in light of uh, what's happened to Mr. Townsend. Oh man! And uh, research, research, <laughs> but still innocent till uh, proved guilty, right? So uh, me and D. Boone love Pete Townsend. Get so and remember, in his very own words, the kids are all right. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> don't mean to make light or anything like that. But thanks again, uh, everybody. January 20, 2003, Watt Under the Weather Sickness version of the Watt from Pedro show. Uh, keep your powder dry. <laughs>